Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion, Useless NBA Trivia and Garbage Rankings. If this is your first time, check out the Season 1 trailer. We're talking about the Golden State Warriors. They have been called the Warriors for their entire franchise history. 78 years. Uh, doesn't happen a lot, but they started in Philadelphia in 1947. They won the finals in their first year in the league, led by guys like Joe Folks. Now, this was the first year of NBA history, the first title in NBA history was by the Warriors. Technically, this was called the BAA back then. The first three years was the Basketball Association of America, changed in 1949. They didn't miss the playoffs until 1953, although a couple of those years, like they won 28 games, 26 games, and they made the playoffs, weird league. Uh, but by 1956, they had a whole new franchise behind them with guys like Neil Johnston and Paul Arzen, uh, won the 56 finals. So within 10 years, they were two-time champions. Of course, this is after George Mikan and the Lakers had already created the first dynasty, so hard to say they were ever really the best franchise in NBA history, other than after that first year. In 59, Philly drafted a guy in the territorial draft. They had the rights to get anybody in the area, and they drafted, of course, Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, they didn't do much with, with Wilt, so they won a lot of games, made the playoffs his first three years, missed the playoffs in 63, uh, then lost in the finals, made the finals in 64. Midway through the next year, Wilt wanted out. He hated the franchise, everybody hated him. When he was drafted, they were in Philadelphia, and then in 62, they moved to San Francisco. He wanted to go back to Philly, so they traded him to the Sixers. They won 17 games. The Warriors won 17 games that year. But the Warriors were fine because they had a young guy named Rick Barry and a great center named Nate Thurman to take over. And at 67, they made it back to the finals where they lost to Wilt Chamberlain and the 76ers. Uh, Barry had a really weird career, went to the ABA because his father-in-law was coaching, had to sit out a year, did a lot of, did a lot of commentary and stuff. Uh, but by the mid seventies, he was back and they won the, 70, the 75 title. This is a really bad league in the mid to late seventies. Uh, but they were pretty stacked. They had uh, Jeff Mullins early on in the 70s. They had Clifford Ray. Uh, Nate Thurman left before that title. Uh, Jamal Wilkes won the finals as a rookie with them. Uh, eventually, Rick Barry got old, and the Warriors made a lot of bad mistakes. Like, they traded the rights. They traded up to get Joe Barry Carroll number one. The pick they traded away became Kevin McHale. Joe Barry Carroll, very nice player. We might talk about him later, but not great. They just had a ton of players, like... Uh, Bernard King, Purvis Short, uh, Joe Baker Carroll, even Robert Parrish early in his career. Guys who just had drug issues and had didn't care about working and playing hard issues. Uh, Parrish and King, of course, changed their, uh, changed their stripes later on. By 1988, Don Nelson had taken charge. Uh, they had Chris Mullen on the team, another guy with a lot of uh, personal issues. Uh, his was drinking. He got over it, shaved his head to a military cut. And thus was the birth of Run TMC. Yeah, Tim Hardaway, the T, Mitch Richmond, young player, nice score, rookie of the year. He was the M, and Chris Mullen was the C. Uh, didn't do much as it didn't do as much as you'd think. They in '89, second round, missed the playoffs in '90, second round in '91, first round and out in '92. Uh, in '94, they had a really interesting player, Latrell Sprewell. Uh, he was first team All NBA as a shooting guard in '94. A tough league in the early '90s. Uh, it was starting to dwindle down and eventually became the terrible league I talk about all the time. Uh, but Spree Bowl, second year, first team All-NBA. And spoiler, I'm not going to talk about him much, so I'm going to talk about him right now. Uh, he was 21-5-5, five and five, couple steals a game, 43 minutes a game. 
and the team won a decent amount of games. Uh, he didn't stay very long and he lost his freaking mind and they didn't make the playoffs from 1995 until 2007. The We Believe Warriors, my favorite team. One of my favorite one season teams of all time. Uh, Baron Davis, Jay Rich, Biedrins, I guess we can mention him. Steven Jackson, one of my all time favorite players. Uh, they beat the Dirk MVP 67 win Mavericks in round one. Lost to the oversized Jazz and nothing happened there. And they didn't make the playoffs again until 2013. They drafted Steph in 2009. He was a nice player early on, injured a lot, too small. And then by 2013, he started coming out into his own. Uh, Mark Jackson was limiting him wanted, him, wanted him to be Steve Nash. Steve Kerr got there in 2015, in the 2014-15 season, and let Steph cook. It worked out, they won the finals. And for the last several years, they've been the dominant team. Five years, five finals appeared in, three titles. After a two-year hiatus with a lot of injuries, they came back. They built it back. Uh, I don't know where, where they are going forward, but I tend to not bet against Steph Curry. Now in franchise history, they've won 60 games three times. Uh, it was They were all under Steph. 73, of course, the most ever. They made 37 playoffs in 78 seasons, only a 48% winning percentage. They had a lot of bad years. I thought about putting them in the category decades of terrible moments of greatness, but it's just beyond that. Like they had a legitimate dynasty over the last 10 years and then three separate, and then three separate eras where they won a title. So I think it's safe to say they are the third best franchise of all time. But let's get to the rankings. First team, point guard Steph Curry. I remember in 2011, he won the, he won the skills challenge. Uh, and I had a, a cousin, a friend who said like, who is this dude? Who is Steph Curry? It's just mind boggling that uh, thinking that a player like Steph Curry now, people just didn't know back then. Like that type of improvement, it's very, very rare to go from like a solid player to a freaking icon at 25 years old. And I think if Steph didn't have Steve Kerr, he would have been Steve Nash. He's a great passer, very good defender, a little small, uh, but the best shooter of all time. And that's not even a freaking question. If I'm making an all NBA team of guys who are gonna have zero problems and be great teammates, uh, Steph, Steph is definitely gonna be on the list. Tim Duncan is probably my uh, my number two pick. Don't have to talk too much about Steph. He is the GOAT. Second team, top 10 player of all time. Second team, shooting guard. Uh, I had some hesitation, but it's clearly Klay Thompson. I think there's this conversation where Klay Thompson would be something different if Steph weren't on his team. Like he'd be better, he'd be a 26 point a game guy, all NBA every year. And I just don't think that's true. I think he benefits from Steph because he gets more open shots, but he's also a stellar defender. Not so much anymore after, you know, missing two years with injuries. Probably the second best shooter of all time. What he does fits perfectly with Steph. Steph can dance around and Klay is just always open. And he will defend the team's, well, second best player because they had Iggy on their team for a long time. Uh, Five-time All-Star, a couple All-NBA teams. Always have around 22 points a game when healthy. And a 42% three-point shooter for his career. That's pretty cool. Uh, he's of course second in NBA history, or in uh, Warriors history, with 2,200 three-pointers. Steph, I didn't mention this, but number one by a lot in NBA history. Uh, 3,400 threes in his career. Steph's also the uh, all-time point leader for the Warriors. Clay, by the way, number six. Everybody in the top 10 has scored 10,000 points. That's pretty cool. Uh, all-time trash talker. He's basically a way overqualified 3 and D guy, but that's kind of a, that seems a little negative on him because he's way more than that. First team small forward, Rick Barry. Eight seasons with the Warriors. 10 seasons in the NBA, four more in the ABA, and then one year where he couldn't play because he was uh, barred from playing the ABA because he tried to flip teams too quick. He was the all-time free throw percentage leader 
until Mark Price and then Steve Nash and then Steph. He led the league in points per game his second season the same year they went to the finals against Wilt. 35.6 points per game. In 75, he should have been the MVP. That was the Bob McAdoo year. That's They just didn't vote for anybody that wasn't a center. It's like a running back trying to win NFL MVP right now. Uh, but 30 points per game, led the league with 2.9 steals and six assists. He was probably the pe best passing forward, definitely up until LeBron, maybe up until Scotty. Also an all-time D-bag, his team uh, froze him out a couple times because he talked so much trash. And if you read some of his like memoirs, autobiographies, he's just like delusional about how much his team did not like him. And it was kind of sad because you know you like people being liked. Terrible teammate, however, won a championship, one of the five to 10 best small forwards of all time. In franchise history, he's still third in points despite only playing eight seasons, 16,000 points. Also fifth in assists, fourth in steals. If he had a three point line, those numbers would be higher. His final season at 35 years old with Houston, that's the first year that counted threes. He made one a game on three attempts, 33%. That was great back then. Second in the league, his final year in three-pointers. The only year they counted it. First team power forward. There's one guy I wanted to put above him, uh, but it's it's Draymond Green. One guy who was on that first title team in 1947, but the league is just so much different and I don't know, it's tough. But Draymond, been on the team for 11 years now. All three guys have been there their entire careers. That's just something you love to see. There are times he looked like an insanely good shooter. In 2016, he shot 39%. And remember that finals game where he just was lighting it up in a loss when they ended up blowing a 3-1 lead? Uh, but for his career, he's like a decent shooter. It's just, shooting is contagious. When one of your friends gets hot, they all get hot. Uh, he's got a steals title, got a uh, defensive player of the year in 2017. But for most of his career, he's like a 9-7-7. Seven, and seven. Draymond even had the first triple-double in NBA history with fewer than 10 points. He had 12 rebounds, 10 assists, 10 steals, but only four points. So a couple more shots and he could have been uh, the fifth quadruple double guy. That's an astounding stat. Uh, but another reason I think Steph, uh, Steve Kerr is an incredibly underrated coach. Draymond was a late pick, really good in college, but you know, just a weird body type. You don't know what position he is. Didn't play much his first two years. Uh, that final year in a seven game series, they lost to the Clippers in the playoffs. He got his minutes went up a bunch. And then the next year he earned that starting spot, became an all-star, became all NBA guy. But that's because Steve Kerr took over and like let him do his thing. Let him play non-traditional basketball. Let him be a point guard in a small forward's body while also handling center duties. Incredibly underrated player. Third all-time in steals, third in assists. Doesn't rank in points. First team center. This is Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. He played six seasons with the Warriors, five and a half seasons, more than any other team. Uh, 429 games. All six years he was there, he led the league in scoring. And the numbers, they just freaking insane. You know that. His rookie year, he averaged 38 and 27. 38 and 27, and then 50 and 26, 45, 24. Just incredible numbers scoring and rebounding. Uh, All-time ball hog, one of the more overrated players in NBA history. He's still, I got him like eighth best all-time. But when you're, when you're in a league that's as flawed as this league was in the 60s, and you're that athletic, you can kind of break the system. He won MVP his rookie year. Now the Rookie of the Year award is named after him. Uh, but he proved in 1967 when his stats went down and they won the title with Philly, uh, why his enormous stats are a little bit overrated. Even so, he ends up second all-time in points. In six years, he scored almost 18,000 points. That's ridiculous. 
Uh, he's second in rebounds. Again, six years, 10,000 rebounds. Uh, crazy stat though, 1962, he averaged 48.5 minutes per game. There are 48 minutes in a regular, in a regulation NBA game. So do it that way you will. Uh, first team was Steph, Clay, Rick Barry, Draymond, and Wilt. Second team point guard, we're going Guy Rogers. Wilt's running mate for a long time there. Uh, he played his first eight seasons with the Warriors. Led the league in assists in 63, 10.4 per game. Uh, he did it one more time with Chicago the following year. Uh, he was an all-star a couple times, and he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, there's a, a two guys you can argue above him. Definitely one on our third team that you could say was better than Guy Rogers. But just the longevity, he played with the Warriors for eight seasons again, uh, and a Hall of Famer, the bulk of his of a Hall of Famer's career. Uh, so I'm fine with that. Made the finals once in 64, averaged 11 and six. That's decent. Top 25 all time in NBA assists, and second in Warriors assists behind Steph. He's got 48 hundo. Second team shooting guard. I'm going Jeff Mullins. Hands up if this is your first time hearing about Jeff Mullins. 12 seasons in the league, first two with St. Louis, and then 10 years to finish his career with uh, the Warriors. Uh, this was kind of in between the uh, Wilt and the Rick Barry era. I guess his first two years were in the in the original Rick Barry era, uh, but then when Rick Barry left was when he became an all-star. Four straight years at 22 points a game. That's pretty good. A lot of assists, a lot of rebounds. Uh, made the playoffs often. Again, it was easier back then. Uh, but in 75, he played 18 minutes a game for a title team. That's pretty good. And he was a starter on the 67 team that barely lost the finals. Uh, big Jeff Mullins guy. I like players that are often forgotten about. They're just interesting to dissect. Uh, he's eighth all time in Warriors points with 12,000. Seventh in assists. Very skilled player. Very fun to watch. Not a, not a lot of highlights between the Wilt and Dr. J eras, but he, he had several, several of them. Second team power, oh, second team small forward, Paul Arzin. Another underrated great, but this guy was legitimately great. Like the shooting guard position's a little weak. Small forward and center are this team's two best positions. Uh, so being second team behind Rick Barry, no shame to Paul Arzin. 12 years in the league, minus two years he was serving with the Marines in the early 50s, because once again, that happened back then. Led the league in scoring twice at 25 points a game. Was the best player on a title team in 56. In those playoffs, he averaged 29 points a game. A solid rebounder, not much of a passer. Uh, efficient for the day. A lot of years where he shot under 40% shooting, uh, but in 52, he averaged 45% from the field. And that led the league. So that's, that's telling. Uh, he was on the same team as our third team center. Uh, the toughest offense probably of the era of those 50s. Now he doesn't age very well. He had like a line drive jump shot. It just went directly at the basket. Uh, but even so, all-time lost great of the 50s. I think you got to put him in your top 15, probably even top 10 small forwards all-time. His winner, long career for the era, big fan. Uh, Arzen, fourth all-time in points, 16,000. Fifth in rebounds, 6,000. Uh, second team, power forward, my favorite player in NBA history, Joel Folks. What a weird career. He debuted the same year that the NBA began as the BAA in 46. Led the league in scoring, 23 and 22 points per game. Those seasons, he shot 30% and 26% 26% from the field. That's unbelievable for his career, 30% shooter. And he's a Hall of Famer. What an odd time. What an odd league. It really came into its own in the late in the late 50s. 
but a lot of guys from these the late 40s, early 50s, just weird, weird careers that would not make it today. He was taking 29 shots a game for 22 points. Uh, but Jumpin' Joe, six foot five, that was apparently a power forward back then. In the 47 finals, he averaged 26 points a game. I love it, big fan, he knows his worth. Three-time first team, one-time second team, a couple All-Stars, but they didn't start the uh, All-Star game until late in his career. He broke the scoring record several times, uh, 63 points in 1949. Really good at driving to the basket, that's when he was best. Also one of the pioneers of the jump shot, but he sucked at jump shots, which is why his percentage was so low. But back in those times, there was no shot clock. Teams barely scored over 70 points a game, and he was averaging 24. He also holds the record for most uh, most missed shots in a game, so that's cool. Doesn't rank high in anything, because uh, he was not there for very long. Short careers back in the 40s. Second team center, this is Nate Thurmond, the guy they were okay partying with Wilt for. That was a weirdly constructed sentence, but you know what I mean. 11 seasons with the Warriors, uh, he was on the team when they changed to the Golden State Warriors in 71, and they have not looked back. Uh, 20 points a game from 68 until 72, but most importantly, a 20 rebound a game guy for two seasons. Not a lot of guys with 20 rebounds a game. That list is Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Bob Pettit, Jerry Lucas, and Nate Thurman. More importantly though, he was the first player to get a, or a quadruple double. Once grabbed 42 rebounds in a game, only behind Wilt and uh, and Bill. Kareem once called him the greatest defender he ever played against. He was never all NBA. Uh, I've talked about this before, but tough league when there's a lot of great centers and only two spots. Uh, but seven-time All-Star, all defense a couple times. He is an all-time player in NBA history. So not uh, Warriors, but NBA. 11th all-time in rebounds. And he is, of course, the Warriors all-time rebound leader. 13,000. Could have been a great shot blocker too. Uh, his final season with the Warriors is when they debuted the blocks statistic 2.9 a game at 32 years old. So there you go. Uh, it's our second team, Guy Rogers, Jeff Mullins, Paul Arzen, Joe Folks, and Nate Thurman, third team point guard. Could have been second team, uh, but I like to pick Tim Hardaway. Uh, came out in 89 to team up with, to team up with my man, Chris Mullen. As a rookie, 15-9. That's really, really good. Uh, traded away in 96 to Miami. Uh, most importantly known as the guy, the first guy who really came back from an ACL tear to be like relatively the same. Bernard King, it took you know, a decade and they had one good season and fell apart. Maybe his best seasons came into Miami as he aged uh, at, at about 30 years old. Uh, but high stats, a lot of good stats with the Warriors. 23 and 10, essentially for three years leading up to that knee injury. And then he came back for 20 and nine. That is, a, especially back then, just an incredible, incredible comeback. Uh, Three-time All-Star with them. All-NBA second team in 92, third team in 93. And as, as I said, they didn't have a lot of playoff success, uh, but he was an incredible player for a really fun team in a very, very tough league. Uh, fourth all-time in Warriors assists. Second team, shooting guard. I wanted to go with the third part of the run TMC guys, but he just wasn't there for long enough. You know who was though? Jason Richardson. Under really underrated, really good player for the Warriors. Six seasons with Golden State. In that time, averaged 18 points a game. You know, six, 23 points per game. That's really good. And he was one of the three best players on the uh, 07 team that is just beloved and renowned to history because they were a legitimately good team. They pioneered small ball. And the beauty and the beauty of that team is that three guys were of equal skill. Jay Rich, Baron Davis, and Steven Jackson. 
Uh, now that might have hurt him, they didn't have clear priorities, but whatever. Uh, he doesn't rank in franchise history, again, just because there are so many guys that played a long, long time with him. Uh, he's one of the best players to never make an all-star game, and he definitely should have. Uh, lights out dunker, incredible three-point shooter, uh, third all-time for Warriors threes. He's got 700, way behind number one and two. I think he was a fan favorite during his day, uh, and now that the time has kind of passed, people have forgotten about him. Third team, small forward, Chris Mullen. Another great, great passing small forward. Uh, terrible, terrible defender, but got a lot of steals because he was pesky that way. Averaged 1.6 for his career. One of the best shooters of all time. He averaged 20 points a game in his 13 seasons with the Warriors, shooting 50% from the field, 37% from three, 86 from free throw. Couple seasons he got relatively close to the 50-40-90 club. 93 was probably his best shot. 51% from the field, 45% from three, 81 from free throw. If not for a down year from free throw, he would have had it. Uh, he's seventh all time in threes made for the team. Second in steals, 1360 steals. And fifth in points with 16,000. My favorite Chris Mullen moment is the, uh, the series against the Lakers where they were trading buckets, him and Magic, without defending each other at all. It was glorious. It was beautiful. I loved it. Five All-Star games, four All-NBA teams, including a first team in 92. A really good comeback for his career and just his life. He, he grew up, he got better, he killed his demons. I love it. And he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And he was elected in 2011. A little late for, a little later than he should have been, but even so. Third team, power forward. This is tough because there aren't a lot of good options. I'm going with David Lee. Five, year, five years with Golden State, awesome lefty rebounder, incredible low post guy, had a nice mid-range. Uh, he was kind of the poster boy of, if he's the best player on your team, how far are you going? But then in 2013, his best season to date, 19 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, a net zero on defense. He was all NBA and the Warriors made the playoffs for the first time since 07. And unfortunately for him, he didn't, he didn't get to stick around for the heyday of the Warriors. He had a nice season in 2014, and by 2015, the injuries just took him. Uh, probably, the, probably the best for the Warriors, because in the 2014 playoffs, they started playing Draymond more. In 2015, with David Lee hurt, Draymond Green took over, and he was just a better fit than David Lee would have been. Uh, but still a nice player that I was always a big fan of. I like, I like those athletic, high-energy, low-post guys who have a nice jumper, too. And third team center, Neil Johnston. Teammates of Paul Arzen, the most feared offense in the league for the 90s. Led the league in points three times, 22, 24, 23. Rebound title once, three field goal percentage titles. All around 45%, which is, you know, ugly. He is top 10 in points for the Warriors, barely over 10,000, sixth in rebounds. He would not make it in today's NBA. There are a lot of guys who I think could at least figure out how to be good. He is not one of them. A six foot eight powering center. He weighed 210. He had this big sweeping right hook. I think he and he and Arzen, just two very poorly aged older players. Uh, he died at 49, kind of devastating. Heart attack playing basketball with his kid. Uh, but just one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast is to get us to remember guys like him. So that's our third team. Tim Hardaway, Jason Richardson, Chris Mullen, David Lee, Neil Johnston. Hardest cuts, Baron Davis. I absolutely love, wanted to sneak him in. Uh, he just, there's three Hall of Famers in his way. Sorry, Baron. Uh, Mitch Richmond, yeah, at least got to talk about. I talked about, him, I talked about him a little bit with the run TMC Warriors, uh, but he's only there three years. Three exciting offensive explosion years. He averaged 24 points a game as the third best player on a team. 
and became an like the ultimate, you know, David Lee Award winner with Sacramento later. Um, Monte Ellis, I'm not a fan of. A lot of empty stats, ball hog, whatever. Uh, Tom Gola, Tom Gola could have made it over uh, Jason Richardson. None of his stats are relatively good. He was on those Neil Johnson, Paul Arzen teams, but it was like 14 a game. Get a lot of rebounds. He got like 10 rebounds a game as a small as a shooting guard, and he is a Hall of Famer. So it's like, shouldn't he be better than Jason Richardson? But I just don't see it. I don't know, guys. But is an important player in their franchise history. So that's important. Third best player in a title team. Uh, Jamal Wilkes. I love Jamal Wilkes. Might talk about him in a couple weeks. Also a Hall of Famer. Uh, rookie on that uh, championship team, but only three years with Golden State and a really, really tough position. Same thing with Purvis Short, other than the title thing. <laughs> He's not a, not the best player in a title team. Uh, nine years with Golden State. Very nice score, 28 points a game one season. Uh, just a losing player. Had off the court issues that kept him kept him down. Same with Joe Barry Carroll in the same era. In the same era. Uh, but those two players, Purvis Short, Joe Barry Carroll, made you know, some fun teams for the Warriors, but... Uh, just because they could score a lot, none of their fans liked them because they didn't try hard and were always high. Uh, Clifford Ray, too, important player on that 75 team. Uh, you, I guess, could make the argument for him over Neil Johnston. Seven years with Golden State was the absolute bruiser of the team, but he's not, not a Hall of Famer, so Johnston goes above him. If you guys hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at wrongopinionnba. We're going to be back next week going into the final section. We have two teams that have more titles than any other team has appearances it's just not even close these are the two most dominant teams in sports i would say yankees are close number three which am i picking first you guys have been around for 26 uh for 28 episodes of this you might guess which i would favor but until then peace out